the unmistakable sound of the Goo Goo Dolls. Saturday, October 23rd, 7 p.m., Cary Center at St. Vincent College. Playing all the hits and new songs from the soon-to-be-released album, Something for the Rest of Us. Special guest, The Spill Canvas. Tickets are on sale now. Get tickets at Ticketmaster.com or call 800-745-3000. For more information, stop by GooGooDolls.com. Don't miss your chance to see the Goo Goo Dolls. Presented by Drusky Entertainment. Quinn and Ed from Maker Switch, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. This is Jeffrey Nothing from Mushroomhead on Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Christy Majors from Pretty Boy Floyd, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Chip. This is JP. This is Carmen from Chip Demonic. And you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Rocks. All right, Pittsburgh! You wanted the best! You got the best! Ain't nothing but a good time Round and round Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John. The Iron City Rocks podcast is a podcast devoted to promoting Pittsburgh's rock, hard rock, and heavy metal music scene. Episode 73, we had the opportunity to speak to singer and founding member of the band Black Veil Brides, Andy Six. Uh, the Black Veil Brides will be coming into Pittsburgh to play Altar Bar on October 21st with special guests William Control and Motionless and White. So before we get into the interview, we're going to play their breakout uh, hit called Knives and Pens. What's up? It's Andy Fish and Black Veil Brides, and you're listening to Iron City Rock.
It's Wolf Hoffman from Accept, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. We are Bare Naked Lady. It's bare- Get Bare Naked at Cardigan Music Hall of Homestead. November 11th, 8 o'clock, Bare Naked Ladies. Get reserved seat tickets now online at librarymusichall.com or by calling 412-368-5225. Bare Naked Ladies, November 11th, 8 o'clock, Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead. For more information and tour dates, check out barenakedladies.com. Presented by Dresky Entertainment and Kirshner Concerts. Thanks a lot, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show from the band The Black Veil Brides, Andy Six. How are you doing today, Andy? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, um, we wanted to get in touch. You guys are coming in on your uh, most current tour, October 21st. You're going to be playing the Altar Bar with William Control and Motionless and White. So we wanted to find out a little bit more about this kind of sensation uh, that has kind of grown, especially on the Internet, uh, that is the Black Veil Bride. So we wanted to kind of find out a little bit more about you. You're originally from Cincinnati, is that correct? Yeah, that's. Uh, I grew up in, in uh, the... Uh Northern Kentucky, Southern Ohio area. Okay. Uh, been, been about 17 years there. Okay. And what got you into music? Were you, uh, you know, you grew up in probably the 90s primarily. Yeah, I mean, honestly, when I grew up in, in, in the things that were around the music at the time that I was growing up, I didn't really like or associate with. Yeah. I sort of, you know, my influences all sort of pulled back to the times before that, the things that, you know, my, my dad had listened to or the things that I saw, you know, obviously you, you watch you know, like VH1 or whatever, when you're a kid and you see old school videos of these bands look cool and, and sound cool and have a much more rebellious streak than, you know, like, you know, the, the 90s rock bands, which were essentially just nothing. It was, it was just like air. There's no rebellion. There's no, there was just, there was nothing interesting about it. So Certainly I no think image. most of what, you know, influenced me came from 70s, 80s, that kind of thing. Okay. And did you play an instrument growing up? Uh, yeah, I, I played bass a little bit when I was younger, but I think to me, I was, you know, for, for lack of a better way of describing it, I think I was always just a little bit too uh, egotistical and didn't want to hold myself down to holding something. I would <laughs> be able to prance around and make gestures and, and, and crazy faces. Sure. Um, so you moved out uh, west, uh, you said, a, a couple of years ago? Was it around 2006 or so? Uh, yeah, I was, I was about 17 when I moved out. Um, and, you know, my parents supported it. They sort of knew that that's what I wanted to do. And, I knew that it wasn't necessarily going to be easy when I first moved out to, to LA, but I felt like, you know, I, I sort of, I had, I followed my gut instincts and, and everything so far in my life, and I felt like that was the right move. And I had to, I had to do the, the living in my car for a little while and all that kind of stuff, but I think ultimately I knew that it was going to work out and, and you know, in the way that it has. Yeah. And it's important to have those kind of stories about the car when you write your autobiography. So that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. No, you, I have plenty of the, you know, the fun stories about, you know, waking up every morning and going to 7-Eleven and scraping together some nickels to get some food and, and that kind of stuff. But I think that ultimately it, it sort of shapes who you are. I don't really, I don't like to dwell too much on, on things that I, uh, you know, times that weren't necessarily great because I feel like, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's sort of a cop-out. They want, they want sympathy from people. And I think that we all go through hard times, whether it's mm-hmm. because you're following your dream or just you're at a new job of work. I think that everybody has difficulty in their life. And, you know, far be it for me, you know, in a band that's going to give somebody a tough story that was not difficult it was for me. I think it, more than anything, it just helped me find more strength in my work. Uh, Andy, um, one of the things with the Blackfell Brides that kind of strikes me right off from the name is some of the religious references. Do you want to talk about maybe how that influenced the band? Certainly. I mean, you know, the area that I grew up in was very much a, a Roman Catholic 
area, and and I think that you know my family were were all uh, very much into the into Catholicism, and I, I very early on I, I liked the imagery of Catholicism. I personally don't really give a whole lot of credence to the religious end, and that's just more of a personal thing. But I think that the the symbolism and the uh, the, the I guess sort of the passion behind Catholicism. I mean, obviously the the Christian faith is full of, of different passion, and you know one can argue that parts of it are misguided, but I mean, I don't think that there's anything that's more, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, there's so many rituals and things involved in Catholicism that I just, I sort of liked the, the symbols. I liked the way that it was. I liked the devotion that its followers seemingly had. And, and uh, I think that it worked really well for a rock and roll band. I think that at the end of the day, most of my lyrics and the things that anybody writes about, and especially in American society, kind of, they're all based on, you know, biblical uh, parables and things. I mean, most of what we do in American society and the rules that we live by are all based, you know, whether we like it or not, based on the Bible. And I think that, you know, biblical metaphors and things like that are, they're, you know, they're, they're pretty relatable, and, and I like the way that they sound, and obviously I like the imagery, and I think that the name was just sort of a natural fit. Now, do you find yourself kind of scouring the Bible for then for, for lyrical ideas, or do you just kind of make the relationship once you come up with an idea? Well, I mean, I'll be honest, I think that when I was younger, I, I you know I read every translation of the Bible that I could. I, I sort of you know in, in an odd way I was sort of obsessed with it and, and wanting to know everything I could about. And the way I always felt was that if I wasn't if I wasn't going to believe in something or I wasn't going to give my faith in something, I felt like I needed to know everything possible about it. And I think that that's true of anything in life. You know, to, to write something off before you know what it is is sort of stupid. And, and you know, my family are all all very religious, and I wanted to be able to learn on my own. You know, and I think that. And I told my family that, and they, and they, you know, from day one respected the fact that I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like I needed a faith to feel strong in myself. But I understood, you know, after having read the Bible, and I understand a lot of why people feel like they need it and, and why why people do, in fact, genuinely believe it. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of people that use it for 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 hate and exclusion and those kind of things. But I also very firmly believe that there are a lot of uh, very devout, you know, real religious people that that use it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that interesting. I just heard not all that long ago a study they'd done that um, more atheists knew about the Bible than people who claimed to be of a certain faith. So it's interesting to hear your take, and, and you're you're obviously yeah, very I, well I, read. I that would probably be true, but I, then again, I, I also I feel like a lot of atheists sort of a cop out. I feel like a lot of people that claim to be atheists are just people who don't really want to do the research and they like telling other people that they're stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I meet just as many atheists that, you know, complain about how it's the exclusion of the, the Christian religion, and then they're so quick to write off someone that believes in, in God as being stupid. And I, and I think that, you know, I'm I'm just a, a person that, you know, has done my research, and I feel like I can, I've formed my beliefs or lack thereof based on things that I know in my heart or things that I've seen. And, uh, you know, I, 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 would, I would never try to call someone that believes in something stupid. And I think that, there is certainly ignorance in religion, and, uh, and I feel like those are the people that, you know, the, the Jerry Falwell and the people that, that use these religions as a hatred of anything and everything. But I couldn't look at my grandmother, who's, you know, gone to church every Sunday for 75 years, and say that she's an idiot for believing in stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think that that's just silly. Yes. Um, kind of switching gears, the the image of the band, and I guess this is switching gears, but it's not. One of the, one of the things that kind of first struck me when I saw you guys, and especially with your stage name, uh, was the, a picture of the band that I saw that reminded me very much of Motley Crue during the Shout at the Devil era. Was that intentional, non-intentional? Oh, definitely intentional. I mean, we... 
we sort of wear our influences on our sleeve, and I think that I I, I kind of like it that way. I don't I don't I think that as a kid I really liked when you know if I ever got to see a band that was modern and they gave some sort of life. Um, we're not really guarded about the fact that we love Molly Crew and Kiss and Wasp and L.A. Guns and the Misfits and these other bands. But I think that ultimately those are the, those are the bands that shaped us and we've made our own music and our own musical style. But we're always going to want to, you know, uh, kind of show off to the world what made us who we are. And I, and I, and I like that. And I, and I think we'll continue to do that. I don't see that changing. Yeah, I, I commend you for that. Um, can you describe how you guys kind of met up with Blasco and, and kind of the role he's played in the history of the band? Yeah, um, Blasco came along, uh, a booking agent at the time. We, uh, we decided with our booking agent, uh, Ash Albertson, and he, shoot, he, was, uh, he was, he was in the office, and we just put out our first music video, Ash. So he was saying that Blasco, who works in the same office building, is managing bands, and, and uh, uh, they ought to show the video and see what he says. And I, I wound up getting an email a couple of days later from Blasco uh, saying that he really enjoyed it and wanted to talk to me. He and I met up and had lunch. And, uh, you know, I, I think that honestly, more than anything, he just truly seemed to understand what we were doing and, and what we wanted and, and, you know, what we wanted to do with our careers. I mean, he seemed to really believe in us in a way that I hadn't really seen anyone apart from my parents, you know, believe in us. So, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, the connection with him was, was pretty quick and pretty easy, and, you know, we, we, we never really had any issues. He's, he's the man, you know, he's always there for us, he's always got our backs, and, and we can always trust and believe in him, and it's a fantastic feeling, because I know a lot of bands don't have that. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, our whole, our whole team, all the way around, from our legal people to, you know, our management to everything, is, it's just people that we really enjoy being around, and, and people that, you know, are working with us, you know, even when we, you know, couldn't necessarily afford to have them work with us doing stuff out of sort of a labor of love to try to try to help us and, you know, believe in us and see something more in us. And uh, one of the things with, with your band that's kind of struck me, you're, you're kind of a kind of on a new wave of social media uh, that has just kind of peaked around the same time the band did. Uh, do you want to talk about how important, especially YouTube and, and some of the other websites have been for you? I mean, yeah, certainly YouTube has been hugely influential in, in our in our success, and I, and I would I would kind of be a fool to say it hasn't been. You know, a lot of bands are afraid to admit that the internet helps. You know? Yeah. Uh, but we we certainly YouTube and then Twitter and MySpace and these other things they they created who we are because it was a, it was a, a way of facilitating you know our career and getting, I could write a song sitting in my living room in Kentucky and send it to, you know, a, uh, a kid in Australia via uh, an online site, you know, can get it the next day, and that to me is, it's, I think it's the most blatant example of how huge the internet is, and, and how it, it can help so much if you use it the right way, and we sort of always saw these social networking sites and places like YouTube and everything else as a means of, of showing what we can do in, in, in a way that, you know, we probably couldn't otherwise. Yeah, I mean, especially when you look at the, you know, the strength of your videos on YouTube and you consider there really isn't an avenue to get you, your videos played otherwise, you know, you're relying I mean, on yeah, podcasts. You, you look at the fact that, you know, we just recently signed to the Universal Republic, Rava, and, you know, we're, things are moving very quickly for us in our career and things are getting bigger. We're getting, you know, more mainstream recognition and, and radio play and all these other things. And that is a product of, of us making, you know, music videos and, our first video we made on almost no money in it. We literally put it up to try to, to try to show kids that, you know, what, what our band was all about. And 
it blew up, and you know we were able to afford to get signed, and we had budget for another video, and then another one, and that's done really well. And I think that ultimately, I can't really begin to describe the importance of of you know just these, these online media sites. Yeah, let that uh, be a lesson to up and coming, Vance. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the the debut album, uh, the full length album, we stitch these wounds. Um, obviously, very strong showing in its first week, uh, breaking the top fifty in the Billboard. Um, were you guys uh, surprised at the success, or, or were you guys pretty well braced for that? You know, I think that we were all very excited, but I, I think that the number one thing we all try to keep in our minds is that you know most of these these accomplishments and these things are they're incredibly exciting and. There, but there, you know, there's ultimately, if you don't have real respect for who's getting those, you know, accomplishments for you, then that's leading. If you don't understand that the, the reason that that's happening is because of the, the kids that are devoted to you, that ultimately it's probably never going to happen again. So, you know, we, we try to stay grounded in understanding that everything that we do in, in, in our career, we work very hard, but if it's not, you know, if, if the kids and, and the fans, they are, they are interested or they don't want to see what we, you know, what we have to offer and want to be a part of this, you know, family, so to speak, then, we're just guys playing in a bar to nobody, you know, and that's, that's not, you know, that's not what we want, and I don't think it's what anyone wants. So we try to remain grounded in the sense that, you know, we, we, we like to expect these things because we know how strong our fan base is. We also, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to kind of spit in the fans of people that are spit in the face of fans, you know. Right. Now the um, your upcoming tour, actually, you're you're on it now. Then with uh, William Control and Motionless and White, um, anything new in in this leg of the tour? Um, yeah, I mean we're we're playing a few different uh, songs that we haven't uh, haven't had a chance to play before. We're playing essentially the whole record uh, on the road now, and uh, you know we've got a we've got a new drummer, um, and uh, yeah, things are things are going well. I think that honestly, I can say that the last two nights we've sort of gotten back to the bus after the show and been like, wow, this is the best we've ever sounded, and it's a nice feeling to know that you know when you're on the road as much as we are, but to know that you're still improving and you and things are getting better is, is a great feeling. Yeah. All right, well, Andy, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time out while you're on the road to give us a talk, and we will see you when you get into the altar bar at uh, on October 21st, uh, Old Converted Church, so you guys will be right at home in there. Fantastic. I look forward to it. Excellent. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. An evening with Jeff Rotel's Ian Anderson. To be thick as a brick. An all-new acoustic and electric show, October 26th at Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead with the music of Tall. And the all-time winner. Plus some new songs written especially for this tour. Tickets are on sale now at librarymusichall.com or call 412-368-5225. Presented by Drusky Entertainment and Kirshner Concerts.
All right, from the Black Veil Brides, that was We Stitch These Wounds, a new single off the new album. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed the show again. It is October 21st, the Black Veil Brides with William Control and Motionless in White. We'll be playing Altar Bar in Pittsburgh. You can get your tickets. Uh, you can go to the Altar Bar's website and get those. Um, you can go to our website, ironcityrocks.com, to get more information about us. We've got some new merchandise in the store. New contest we're officially launching today. We'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see suicidal tendencies on November 15th at Altar Bar. So you want to go and check out the contact li- contest link Excuse me, on ironcityrocks.com. Also, we want to announce a new partnership uh, with Shady Lady Productions. We are now... Uh, going to be sponsoring some shows out at Peter B's in Sarver, so uh, the first of which is going to be the Texas Hippie Coalition, who have been on the show previously. So Iron City Rocks will be welcoming the Texas Hippie Coalition to play the Iron City Rocks stage at Peter B's. So hope you uh, can get out to that show. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com or you can go to Shady Lady Productions and get uh, information on where to buy tickets. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will catch you next time. Hey, this is Randy Cooper of the Texas Hippie Coalition, THC. You're rocking with Iron City Rocks, and we're pissed off and mad about it. The Texas Hippie Coalition, THC. November 4th at the Iron City Rock stage at Peter B's in Sarbo. Special guests, Scale and Dragline. It's available at Ticketmaster.com. More information at ShadyLadyProductions.com or THCOutlaw.com. The Shady Lady Production in association with Drusky Entertainment.